It's 5 o'clock on the most listened to sports talk show for your ride home. What? It is time for the Falcons Report. Guns it. Caught. Touchdown Atlanta in the end zone. Caught. Touchdown. You shall not pass. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report. Oh, my heaven. The 5 o'clock Falcons Report is brought to you by Jack Daniels. Make it count. Jack Daniels. Please drink responsibly. And sponsored by MD Anderson Cancer Center on Dukes and Bell. We are Dukes and Bell. We start off every day and every hour by saying, hey, man. Happy Wednesday. We're down here live at State Farm Arena. Tonight, we've got our Hawks taking on the Knicks. And uh, we're going to talk to the voice of our Atlanta Hawks coming up in about 20 minutes. Steve Holman, bang, will stop by to talk with us about uh, tonight. And also looking forward. You know, Mike and I have been saying this, and we'll get Steve's opinion on this. This break, hopefully it does us good. But we got to come out of the break balling. There's only 23 games left after today. That's it. It is not the halfway point. It's not even the third way point. It's the quarter point to the season, literally. So, Mike, you know, the thing, and we'll ask Steve about this too. I mean, I just feel like I don't know if you're going to be able to fix all the things that have troubled us. You said defense is effort, and, and, and we need to To me, it is. Don't you think defense no, no, no. is effort? Absolutely. It's, it's all that. I, um, at the end of the day, Gary Payton said it best, right? I asked him one time, why were you the, the defensive player you, you, wanted, you were, and, and, and why did you play the way you did? And he said, most guys don't want to put in the effort to do it. He was the glove because I right. want to guard you and not let you score the entire game. Now, did it happen every game? No. But he's all one of the all-time great defensive players. That is what he told me one time. It makes total sense. Mike, why am I going to exert all that energy when I can go down on the other end and score 25 and not have to stop anybody? Well, I mean, there was an old soundbite we used to play on my old station from John Drew who's asked about his defense. Well, you know, sometimes it's hard to do both. <laughs> you know, and so and that's, and that's what I think of. Take John Drew for like whether that was 1980. Fast forward 42 years, and that's where we are. Well, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to do both. So this is where the Hawks need to. Because to me, I don't know, guys. Anytime you watch college hoops or even the pros, the good teams do it. The star athletes have the defensive shutdown players of the year. Yes, you know those guys. Whether you go back to Jordan's Bulls, you know Kobe took pride in his defense, didn't he? He did. He did. All defensive player, uh, eight or nine times in his career. Anyways, but we'll the, talk. But this effort the thing is, uh, if you're having a bad night, you can still make up for it by playing great defense. And, and we don't do enough. Right. As a team, we don't do enough of that. Right. And we got a couple of guys that are supposed to be really good at that in Hunter and, and DeJounte Murray. Let's talk about Mike. No, we what had no got, energy, no effort. <laughs> come on, DJ. Well, let's talk about what got people sparked today on this show. Um, Noble, who listens to us on a regular basis, tweeted at us and said, hey, have you seen this? Um, and he was talking about Jason Lock on Four's comment who I do a podcast with uh, called In the Huddle, him and Brian Baldinger. You can check it out Tuesdays and Thursdays. We release new episodes. And he said, Jason has talked about talking with one general manager in the NFL, and that particular general manager left the senior bowl and said, I feel like Justin Fields is going to be dealt. And so when we said, if this is true and if it does happen, how can the Falcons not be involved in the conversation? And it sparked a lot of people today because it gets right. back to – what you feel like we don't have and what we could potentially get. Let's be clear, though, before we get into this, the Bears have not put Justin Fields on the market, but they do have the number one overall pick in the draft. So, again, just how this would work. Now, for instance, the Bears, let's give you some history. They've been a trainer. The Bears have been yeah. one of the most poorly run franchises. It's a shame because it's a historic franchise, but they've just run the thing into the ground. They brought in the Big Ten commissioner to try to oversee a new GM. 
The problem the Bears have is they got no defense. So you could hypothetically, maybe maybe they feel the coach looks at he had one year to look at fields and says he's never going to be that accurate a thrower. Now, he was that accurate a thrower at Ohio State. For whatever reason, it's not been that cons- consistent enough in his second year. So they move on. They can get a huge amount of picks for him and still draft Bryce Young. So you can still improve your offense and get a better quarterback in your mind. Now, where it comes to us, and again, guys, there's first thing, Carl said it. There's nothing public from the Bears is shopping him. It's one GM talking to one NFL insider, Jason Lockonfora. Two, the Falcons passed on this guy two years ago, and I would imagine that Arthur Smith and GM would probably pass on him again. Now, where it gets interesting is all the weird things we were dealing with, Matt Ryan and the salary cap at right. the time, right. which we said, all right, and they decided to go with best athlete. I wanted Fields. You really wanted Fields two years ago. I did. Because and I, I do it now. Because I thought it would bring a certain energy to the city that we needed, and more importantly, it would get more people excited about the product. The problem Desmond Ritter is facing, and it's not his fault. It's not his fault. He has to get the city excited in a way that people are intrigued, that want to see and watch the Falcons because he's the most important position on the field. And the way you do that is winning. He hasn't had enough of that. So the other way you do that is you come in with a resume that already gets people excited. Fields had that. And so – you know, when you start talking about Vic, why Vic worked, he had the pre-resume before he right. got here, he, and then he was electrifying. He, 1999, he goes to the national championship game. People he only knew wins who he was. The game single-handed. Yeah, and a year later, you People know. knew who he was. Right. So I think that's the issue, but it's not his fault. What Ritter can do, if given the opportunity, is win. And when you win, Mike, people start to buy in because now it's just like with anything, this dude is getting it done. But unfortunately, he hasn't had enough time to do that. Justin Fields, if he becomes available, and i got to tell you this. I think it's dumb of the Bears to even entertain this, to be honest with you, because I'm now taking a risk on a guy I don't know. We all like Bryce Young, but I don't know. I've seen what Justin can do in the NFL. Finding out if a guy can play, how many guys know right now Jordan Love can absolutely get it done with the Packers? How many guys know right now absolutely that Trey Lance can get it done with the 49ers? No clue. That's the problem. So if you they do this, Mike, and they trade him away and they get a buttload of picks and they move back and all this stuff, and all of a sudden they draft Bryce Young at number one and they stay there, I think they are rolling the dice and taking a chance. But instead of improving their team, this is something that's out there. Now, again, guys, it's Carl just touched on it. The problem, for again, for our man Desmond Ritter, he only had four games. And I do think this, the governors were kind of on. They wanted him in the pocket. I don't think they wanted him moving around too much. We know he can rush. Now, he didn't run like the way Jalen Hurst did, but he certainly ran a lot when he was at Cincinnati. And that's the other thing. Desmond Ritter right now is suffering from everybody just watching Patrick Mahomes yeah. and Jalen Hurts. And they we had the conversation about Lamar Jackson. But I'll tell you this. If it ever did come down to an opportunity to do one of these two, I would do the Fields thing in a million. I mean, every time. Ten out of ten. Because I think with the kind of brain power Arthur Smith has, see, I just think Fields has got to get corrected with some of his footwork. Sure, because he can drop dimes. He can throw it 65 yards down on a button, and then he'll miss something underneath. That's just going to be coached up. I, I really do believe the right guys. Think about the train wreck of coaches he's had to deal with in his early career. No offensive line. We come in with Fields. Uh, I, I mean, I, and Fields would work with, uh, think about it, Kyle Pitts, Drake London, you got a great running back with Tyler Algier. We're going to upgrade the running game, presumably, in, in, in free agency. How exciting is that, Mike? Right. And then, yes, you'd have to. You're going to want. They're going to want a first round pick. But I tell you what, I think it would electrify this town, and it would electrify it. Yes, the way Lamar Jackson was, but Lamar Jackson, I don't trust right now. I don't trust him physically. I want to know why things have gone backwards for him. And oh, by the way, the guys used to bang on Matt Ryan. He's in the same spot Matt Ryan was, one and three in his playoff career. 
I don't, I'm not interested in Lamar Jackson. I am interested in Fields. But I'd love to know what the ask would be. If, in fact, this is true. Lamar, uh, as I've said all along, I, I don't think he would sign a franchise tag. And more importantly, I don't think he's going to be there. I still have the feeling right now that he's going to be traded. If that happens, we should be in those conversations. But Fields, you got to see but, what the ask is and what it's going to be. You don't and think if he this happens to- with the Bears, we should be in the conversation. Whether it's Mahomes' money, and I heard who's on, who's the uh, capologist that on with us? We, Corey. Corey, Corey. Joe Corey was on this morning with uh, with freaking you, and he was saying it was a funny phrase. He goes, um, "Yeah, it's Lamar Jackson's myopic contract demands." In other words, it's crazy. He he still thinks he's looking for Deshaun Watson type stuff. Look, I get it. The Ravens disrespected him by not coming in when Josh Allen got his deal, and it should have been comparable. Unless, of course, he really is asking for the moon and the stars. I just wonder, Carl, what's up with him? Do you trust him physically? Do you think he was sandbagging this year out of because he was in his bag over the way the Ravens treated him? I mean, do you think he could have gone? I, I, don't, in, in I don't know. Listen, I, I can't doubt. When a guy says he's hurt, I got to take it for what it is. I, I just felt like if there was ever a time that you said, why would I risk myself and put potential further harm on my body when I am in this, whether I'm going to be here or somewhere else, and I am in a contract year, we're in the playoffs. I got that. We did that. I don't know if I'm going to play. And I don't know if he's sandbagged because it would be it would be wrong of me to say yeah, that I mean, Lamar didn't play because he felt like, you know, he didn't feel like he wanted to play for his teammates. I can't speak to that. But I will tell you, because of the disrespect with the organization, right. I do feel like if there was any opportune time to do it, it was this year in the playoffs for him to say, I'm not going to take that risk with my body when you guys are not willing to pay me. I like Justin Fields over Lamar Jackson because he's three years younger. You're going to have three years of salary control, too, and picking up the fifth-year option. This guy's going to want – now, again, unless Lamar Jackson's going to give you a three-year type guaranteed crazy money with yeah. a lot of incentives, yeah. but there's nothing to see that from where they've gone round and round like the no, last six months Mike, with the uh, Ravens. The, the better deal, hands down, if you were going to do it and if it was available, and again, before you drive the car off the road, the Bears have not put Justin Fields on the market, nor do we believe that's going to happen. One general manager telling Jason Lockett that's what he heard. Correct. But but if that's out there, then that means those discussions are being had by general managers. And whether it's one who owns it, maybe four no, maybe six no. Hmm. And this becomes, hey, we approach the draft, let's have a conversation. Because the Bears, listen, you can get a lot out of that number one pick. They don't need to have the number one pick to get the guy that they need in this draft. If they go to, to five, Mike, or six, they're still getting a hell of a player to build, and then you've got all these additional draft picks that you've traded for. Right. It's smart for the Bears to stay the course with Justin, but if this happens, I want, want it now. I want Fields, man. <laughs> and again, guys, Fields threw over 60%. We had the, the benchmark, you got to be over 60. He was just over 60. I get it. He reminds you sometimes of Cam Newton because sometimes he'll make the impossible throw and then he'll miss the throw, which is a high percentage throw. But I think that is fixable. And again, if you watch the Bears with a Sunday ticket, a lot of us watch to see what Fields is doing. It's a terrible team. We're in a much better place. So this is funny because I didn't even mention this, but this is the uh, intuitiveness of our listeners. RJ says, Dukes, you know, former Bears GM Ryan Pace is in our front office. That's true. He drafted Justin Fields. I'm just telling you guys, if it was to happen, right. I want it now. Again, <laughs> guys, let's get off Lamar. 
Let's get on fields. We want fields. All right, man. I want this rumor to be true. I want now. First thing I want Desmond Ritter to be the starter, but I really want this to be true. I want this now. Can't have both, Mike. Oh, Can't have that's both. A convenient All right, coming narrative. up. <laughs> Thank you, Coach. Steve Holman, voice of our Atlanta Hawks, going to join us next. Knicks in town. We don't like the Knicks. The strong arm story of the day is brought to you by John Foyt Associates Personal Injury Law. What are our Hawks going to do tonight? It is Dukes and Bell at Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. We are live at State Farm Arena. And our man, Steve Holman, bang, has joined us. And Steve, last game before the All-Star break, um, we can talk about this long break and whether, you know, it's good or bad, but we need this tonight, don't we? I mean, we need this Knicks game. Yes, this is a very important game. I mean, it, it, the game the other night was too, but the one thing about the NBA, you can't worry about what happened two nights ago. You have to worry about what happens tonight. Uh, and the break, I, to me, the break is coming at a great time. I think our guys really need the break right now just to get away from it mentally and, you know, kind of recharge the batteries a little bit. We've got 23 games after tonight uh, to, you know, try to come back and pick up those three games against Miami. Uh, they've got two games in Miami coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, two right. in Washington, uh, and, you know, we'll know a lot more about where we're going to be. Uh, you obviously want to try to get out of the play-in thing and get to at least number six, which, you know, Miami's got some tough games coming up down the stretch too. And the Hawks have a lot of home games, you know, in the month right. of March and into into the early part of the season in April. So, uh, you know, they've got a great chance, and it's just it was it was it was – a little disheartening the other night to, to, you know, you score 138 points, you're supposed to win, you know, going away. And, it, I, you know, I mean, it's like everybody's supposed to play at a game like that, you right. know, at the end. And uh, it's just that the defense just, you know, was, was, wasn't there. And, you know, you scratch your head sometimes about it. I know the guys were after the game. Nobody could quite, you know, put their finger on what happened. But, uh, you know, those are games that, you know, they're, I mean, the, the Charlotte Hornets have won 16 games all year. Team. And three of them have, have yeah. been against the Hawks. So right. it's one of those things. And, you know, you take those 10 or 11 games that, that they've lost with a 10-point or more lead. You know, let's say you just take back three of those. And let's say out of those 10 games or 11 games, then you take back maybe one of the Charlotte games. There's four. Yeah, you're in fifth or fifth or sixth right now. Right. So these are games that they need to make up and they need to start – you know, really focus in on these last, uh, well, 24 games counting tonight, but 23 after the break. And But like I say, I'll, I'll say it again, I think the break comes at a very good time for our guys. You know, when they give up a lot of they give a lot of points to the Spurs in the first half, and then the Spurs, they kind of clamp down to start the second. It's We were just talking about it last hour, hustle. I mean, that, when you talk about defense, that's, that's effort and hustle. Right. And to me, that's you, you can't yell at Nate because Nate's demanding no. defense every game. I mean, Nate was a good defensive player, but he – not at 56 years old, he can't get out there and play now, you know. So, I mean, uh, you know, I'm sure this, you know, I'm sure it drives him nuts to see stuff like that happen, to give up that many points. I mean, you know, even Dominique, you know, he sits across from me on the plane, and, and he was just shaking his head, too. And, I mean, and, you know, he he wasn't known for defense, but, I mean, you know, even he said that defense wasn't, <laughs> wasn't too good the other night. Yeah, he, one of the best offensive players right. ever. Like, that defense ain't no good. <laughs> right. It's Steve Holman joining us, guys. He'll have the call for you pregame at 7 tonight. Of course, uh, tips at 7.30. Knicks in town. Let's talk about the Knicks a little bit with you getting ready for this game. Julius Randle, a couple of years ago, 
they thought they were going to build around Julius Randle. Right. We now kind of get the sense he's a piece. But they've added Jalen Brunson, who's been really good for them, Steve. Well, he's a lot better than I think everybody thought he was. I mean, he was kind of buried in Dallas, you right. know, because Luka got all the attention. And, you know, he wasn't really a featured guy with Dallas. But now he comes to New York, and you know, I think it helps him that his dad's on the staff. You know, sure. uh, uh, he helped get him to New York. Uh, and he, what, he have a 40-point night the other night? Yep. Then they get Josh Hart in His a trade. teammate from Villanova. Yeah. Yes, and they're so happy, you know, that they're together again. And Josh Hart, could, I'd always knew he could play. And he scored, what, 27 the other night to go with the 40. So, I mean, there you go. I mean, and they're, they're playing great right now. And, uh, you know, the Hawks have taken two out of three from the Knicks this year. And this becomes the rubber game. And, and it becomes important, especially with the tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you want to make sure you win the season series because if they both happen to be – like, Brooklyn may Let's, come back. Who knows? Right. If Brooklyn comes back. And we're both one of the eight or nine seeds, the tiebreaker right. matters. Yeah, the tiebreaker matters, and you could get into number six. Like, if Brooklyn right. comes back out of that top six, which a lot of people think they might, I think they're still going to be pretty good. I like Spencer Dinwiddie. And I the do, guys too. That they got. But I, they could come back. You know, they, they could come back to the pack. So you want to – this is the time of year you need, really need to get every game you can get. I mean, it's an old cliche, but, you know, at the time – time now i mean with 24 games left you know the a lot of the season has gone by uh deandre hunter john collins do you have any feeling about them tonight going i don't know about john i i i think deandre probably play i, I john that hip is pretty bad I, okay. I, you know it's it's but he's listed as questionable so and i i know john if he can play he will because of the break and he knows he's going to get eight days off to to get that thing to heal so right. Uh, you know, if he can play, he will. We'll, we'll probably know. Well, Nate's going to speak here in about uh, 15 minutes to the media, so uh, and, and he'll tell us that it's a game-time decision, and then we'll find out when the official injury report comes out a little after 6. How do you look at Trey's season this year? Um, statistically, it feels the same. Yeah, I mean, he's over right? 10 assists a game. He's 27 points a game. Uh, you know, he's, he's having a – what would you, you would con- – you would think would have been a slam dunk all-star season right uh and i don't i, I don't know why like he got voted what 12th by the other players i mean that's ridiculous really uh but it's just been one of those seasons for everybody really that you know it's it's you win a couple you lose one you you know you you win two you lose two you lose two you win three we had that five game winning streak but really there's been no traction to the to the season yeah. it's been you know we're 29 and 29 and that's that's what they are, as Bill Parcells always said. You are right. what your record is, right? And and I think the guys all feel as though, uh, you know, they can be better than that. And I really think Sadiq Bay is going to help us a lot in right. these final 23 games. I mean, he's a legitimate starter in the NBA, and he's 23 years old. Right. He's got a, He's still got another year on his rookie deal next year, so it's a great bargain for the Hawks right. too. And uh, I really think. I mean, the other night, what do you have? Three three pointers in the in the he short minutes. Yeah. Short minutes that he played. So I think he's going to help us uh, at one of those wing spots. If if John can't play tonight, he'll probably start again, uh, like he did the other night. You know, almost sight unseen, he started in that game. He had really two shoot arounds, one official shoot around in Charlotte, uh, but he just stepped right in there and played. I mean, it's it, it you know it's basketball for guys that know how to play. Right. It is uh, Steve Holman with us, guys. The voice of your Hawks have the call tonight right here on 92.9 The Game. The thing about Trey is we thought with DeJounte Murray's addition, Trey would get open looks, moving without the ball, and then, you know, he'd have some, if anything, the three-point shooting would go up. He's on pace to have his lowest three-point attempts, three-point percentage. And now, again, other than the 2021 season, it was 10 games shorter because of COVID. So why why are there less three-point attempts? Well, I think that he's he's made an effort to, to move the ball more. I mean, that's why he's up over 10 assists per game. 
you know, it's, I think it's 10.2 coming right. in tonight. But you feel we need that magic, though? I, mean, I know it's not, it's not a stat. I mean, just talk about the big Trey shot that we yeah, need the sometimes. It, the it factor. Right. The it factor. I mean, he's still got it, but th- there hasn't been that many opportunities to, to show it, mm-hmm. you know, the it factor. So uh, I think when the stage gets big, like tonight against the Knicks, we're going to see him step out like he does. And, uh, you know, all the guys are going to ha- have to step up in these final 23, 24 games, and, you know, we'll see what happens. It is Steve Holman, guys, talking with us about our Hawks. We're live at State Farm Arena. It's Dukes and Bell coming up. Uh, we got more to discuss, guys, including MLB's rule changes. You're going to hear from Seth Emerson coming up in the 6 o'clock hour. I don't talking think about the our ba- bases are big enough. Have you seen them? Have you seen them? Yeah. They're ridiculous, aren't they? Pizza box size, right? That's what we're saying? It is, man. I mean, you see them and you're like, that that doesn't look right. But uh, a lot of people not like it. George Scott was still alive. He'd stop and eat one of those pizzas. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of people not liking the the rule changes. Always wore the batting helmet. Hey, what about DJ? What about DeJounte Murray and what he brings and how you feel? When he came, we didn't know a lot about him, right? Right. Now we're, you know, we're about to be 23 games left in the season, 24 games left in the season. How do you feel about DJ and what we now know about him? I think he's terrific, and I think, you know, he's such a great kid. And immediately the other players all magnet, you know, he became a magnet for the other players, and they love him. And the guys just really look to him, and he's got such an upbeat personality. And, and like the other night, he almost single-handedly brought them back in that game against Charlotte, even though it looked like it was yeah. was bad all night. But he, he, he decided that he was going to help bring them back. And, and the guys look to him, I think, as a leader right now. And, you know, he's got such a big upside in his career, and he, he's deadly with that little shot from the foul line or just a little outside of it. Right. Uh, you know, he's uh, he's the analytical guy's nightmare, but he shoots twos all the time like crazy, and he can Bay make Ranch them. jumper. Nobody right, shoots. little jumper, and he's got that. And and I, I think he's a, he's a born leader, really. I think he's going to help this team a lot not only you know on the floor but off the floor uh they've made a, a a decision to bring in guys that will help the culture of the team you know bruno coming back you might think well you know bruno he's not gonna play he's gonna be he's great in the locker room you should have seen all the guys light up when bruno oh, came really? back oh bruno is such a favorite in the locker room it's unbelievable and and i think that was one of the reasons that they brought him back because it helps the morale and the you know, in the locker room, and, huh. and he's that kind of guy. Vete Krejci is a great guy in the locker room. If you notice, if you watch him sometimes, if you're here at State Farm Arena, and you, it, just watch the bench, and he's the one leading all the cheers and everything else. I mean, he's he's a good – so this is the type of culture that Landry and, and, and you know, Kyle and those guys that are in charge are going to try to bring to the team right now. And, uh, and, and I think they're doing it the right way. Vete, I've seen him play a couple of times down in the G League. He's been up back and forth. Right. But he's got game. There's no doubt. Oh, he can uh, shoot. He can shoot it yeah. when he when he's when he's hot. And then you know the the deal with saving some money on getting Fernando back was you know the anticipation or the at least the, the thought the initial thought was they won't have any impact on the game itself. This is a money saving deal, and these guys are going to be on the end of the bench. And you're saying that you feel like at some point they're oh, going to play oh, a role. Oh, definitely. He's going to he, he's he helps in the locker room. I, I will say that you know if nothing else. But the part about the luxury tax, too, I, I read all these boards and everything sure, else. Sure. And, you know, they talk about how, you know, we were just out to try to save the money. But what they're doing is they're, they're, they're stockpiling these guys and, and everything else to, to go into next summer and wheel and deal and have a lot of things. And, and Landry fully expects that they're going to go over the luxury tax for next season. And Tony certainly 
you know, he's he has no problem with that. I don't know where people get this idea that right on these message boards and everything, but Tony is very willing to spend over the, you know, over the luxury tax to win. You know, it just seemed like the herder thing kind of sent the wrong message. Well, it, you know, maybe it it, it might have appeared that way, but I think that the the. The, they were striving this year to go under that okay. so they could get these deals that we've made now to try to make something really big happen during next summer. And they're going to have a lot of room for that. And they will, they fully expect, like I said, Landry has said that he fully expects they're going to go over the luxury tax okay. next year and that Tony has absolutely no problem with that. Let's hope so. Right. Uh, as Hawks fans, let's hope so because we deserve that. If our team is right there, we deserve the ability to go get a guy or two to well, take us over I, the top. I think they're very willing to do that. I really do. And, and in wrestler's defense, the way they've looked the last year and a half, I would exactly be willing to get the luxury tax if I was the owner. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, you know, I, I'm a team employee. I, you know, obviously, right. I want to see us win all the time, and I, you know, everything. You know, if Tony says something, I always say that's the what. That's exactly what I thought, Tony. That's, what, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's how. <laughs> that's how I, I haven't done this 38 years by disagreeing with the owners. This is true, but but. but this is really uh, Tony wants to win more than anybody, and I really do th- think that he is very willing to go over that luxury tax well, if we can win here. You're, uh, to your defense, all right, for guys who are listening, and they're not saying yes or no, but everybody we have talked to in the organization is saying the same thing. Right. He has put the message out there. Steve Cooney comes on our show every week. Right. He, the CEO believes that to be true, so right. we have to believe it. Steve, we got to run. And whatever Steve says, I agree with too. Believe me. <laughs> Great <laughs> make job. Sure, make sure you tell him that Friday. He's a go-getter. Tonight, so anything he says Friday, say, you know, Steve Holman said that the other night. Just exactly the way you said it. I will let him know. You uh, enjoy the break after tonight. And God bless Raquel Welch. Oh, oh rest in peace. She was two of my biggest stars that I grew up with. She was a looker, huh? She's a looker. All right, Steve Holman, guys. Steve, like Andy Dufresne, had that same poster on his wall. <laughs> right. Well, he wasn't the only one. There's a lot of guys. Yeah. Hey, coming back, we got a lot more to get to. We're live at State Farm Arena. It's Dukes and Ben. Holman for stopping by, spending some time with us. We're live at State Farm Arena getting ready for Hawks and Knicks. Mike, you said you were taking in a little shoot-around uh, there in a few minutes yes, ago? Yes, I was just watching the Knicks doing their thing, and uh, well, i got to be honest with you, everybody missed every shot they took, so I don't think they were doing <laughs> something last night. I'm not sure when they got in, but uh, for what it's worth, yeah, I just, I saw Hart was missing everything, and the big belly, everybody was clanging it, so i got to be honest with you. I mean, hopefully that bodes well for tonight, Carl, because we can leapfrog these guys at some point and get a locked-in playoff position. It would be nice. Um, I, can I ask you what if Real quick, what if Calvin Ridley didn't get suspended? What if Calvin Ridley was here playing for this team when we had a healthy Kyle Pitts, okay? Right. And you add to the mix of the things that we currently have right now. Now, I will say this. If he's here, do we draft Drake London? Probably Probably not. not. But you may have gotten somebody else in the second round. True. Some of those guys you've seen impact other teams. And the reason why I'm asking this question is because we know Ridley was a baller. I mean, you talk about his first few years, he had double-digit touchdowns. He was on his right. way. The year he gets hurt, the third year, he was on his way to double-digit touchdowns that season and wasn't able to compete the last four or five games, I think, 
But, Mike, the reason why I bring it up is because he's he's trying to get reinstated, right? Yep. He uh, filed for it today, put it in with the NFL, and we'll see how quickly they turn that around. Now, again, guys, we're not going to debate it because if I have to explain it for the 50th time why you can't gamble on sports, even though the NFL does allow gambling on the websites and they're involved with gambling partners, you can't have the athletes doing it because if they're betting on football, you're going to begin to wonder if this is no better than wrestling. Are they throwing games, except That's the perception. That's why they do it the way they do whether it's a ball boy all the way to a star wide receiver. So in the case of Ridley, though, yeah, I mean, I, he, if he if he can keep his head screwed on straight with the weapons and the way that Doug Peterson turned that thing around last year, they'll be poised to maybe win and run that division for a while if Ridley can contribute. I mean, look, nobody, if you guys remember, when we were moving on from Julio, Crow and I would say Ridley is the guy. He's, he's the guy. We believed in Ridley. And I believed in Ridley until Ridley quit on this team. Yeah. And then I don't believe in him anymore. And I wish him well, but it's not going to be on my football team. Yeah, he, he hurt us. I mean, bottom line is he cheated us um, out of what could have been, which now you look at this and you add Ridley to it. And, and we're, we're talking about the Ridley we know. I hadn't seen him in a Jacksonville right. uniform, but the Ridley that was playing here was pretty damn good. And, and he cheated us. So it just made me think about it, Mike, when you said to me he's asking, you know, to be reinstated. He will get reinstated, guys. Um, this is the league that allows second chances. He's paid his, his penance, right? I mean, he's right. been out. It's been over a year, hasn't it? It will correct. be over a year. That's correct. So you lost money. He didn't get paid. Um, but just the Atlanta connection to this, when we drafted him, to Mike's point about, you know, why are we drafting another wide receiver? Now I look back. Revisionist history. It was it was a good it was a good pick, right? Because Julio was always banged up, and you Correct. were trying to you know eventually move on from him. No, I mean if, if, if things had worked pick. out better, and the offensive line could have done its job. Yeah, I mean the possibilities, and certainly you're right. I mean. Would love to see whoever the young quarterback is going to be here, and hopefully you know, Ritter continues. By the way, we've had a lot of conversations today about a story, a rumor, not a rumor, but a, a, a reported story from Jason Lock on Fora that one general manager in the league believes the Bears are going to shop Justin Fields. Not the first pick, but Justin Fields. And maybe they shop the pick, too, but in an effort to really turn things around. And I love, I love the idea of Fields. I still would love, like most Falcon fans, most of our audience, would love to see Ritter do things. But Ritter did not have all the weapons, and certainly Fields had less weapons in Chicago. Yeah. But what a great thing for a guy like Trevor Lawrence to have, adding Calvin Ridley again, provided everything is where it needs to be in his life. But he, he could be a 1,000-yard receiver like that in a Doug Peterson offense. I totally agree. All right, we're just, just mentioning that because there's mm. Atlanta ties to it. Meanwhile, a couple of other things going on around the world of sports, guys. Coming up, you'll hear from Seth Emerson in the 6 o'clock hour. Uh, Seth stopped by. He covers the Georgia Bulldogs for the athletic. He really goes into the details, the weeds, as we like to say, um, into Kirby and Mike Bobo, Mike, and Todd Munkin, it's really interesting stuff, and he gives us some really background, some background stuff that maybe many of you have not heard. He came on the show earlier today. We're going to play that for you at 6 o'clock, so right. stay tuned for that. Yeah, we spent a lot of time on it yesterday, and I think some Georgia fans are starting to maybe soften some of the edges. Maybe some will never soften their edges when it comes to Bobo, but Seth talks about you know the relationship with Kirby, but still the idea that the Mark Rick teams had so many issues, and everything sort of gets magnified. I mean, you're not winning like you're supposed to. And now Georgia, as we said, the things that you and I used to come in and talk about yeah. in the first couple of years we worked together, that's not even on the radar screen with Kirby's Georgia Bulldogs. It's not. Um, when are we going to have a parade? When are we going to get our parade? <sighs> Chiefs had another one today. Yeah, those guys are getting it in. Hey, man, let those guys have fun. Patrick Mahomes is doing the Steve Austin thing with the two beers and a couple of course lights going crazy. I, I mentioned Kelsey was like, okay, that's, I think what Travis said, they're going to win another one next year. But they let those guys have some fun. All right, 
All right, how about this? Let me give you some, uh, give you some here, there, everywhere. Will we have a parade within five years? I believe so. Wow. I, I'd CK say 10. I, I believe so. Mike, it doesn't take that long. No, in the NFL, you can turn things around so much quickly than you can in the NBA. It's true, guys. Baseball, sometimes you you, know, you got to build your farm system up. But in the NFL, we've done it in this division. Teams have gone from worst to first and deep in the playoffs. Saints have done it. We have done it. But, yeah, man, you see those things that are happening right now in Kansas City. You go, man, should have been us. Dukes and Bell broadcasting live on a flatbed going down Peach Street. Oh, come on. And I would have thrown a little bit of the money that we had won out. Just we a would have bit. won eighteen thousand dollars. <laughs> Carl and I were going to win nine grand each. Have the Falcons won that Super Bowl? It's a dark day, Mike. It's a dark day. That's half a bathroom. Um, I, I, I can't tell you, man. Only thing I remember is my daughter going, "Dad, are you okay?" <laughs> no, I'm not okay. Yeah. There, what did you break, by the way? I broke the gar- I broke a gar- I broke a, stain- a stainless steel garbage can. I, you know what I did? Here's what I remember doing in the kitchen. I remember doing this because we had been in Super Bowl week all week, and then you know we uh, we came back Saturday before the Super Bowl, and I just remember sitting there in the dark after turning the TV off. Everybody was down there. We were down in our, our you know like theater room or whatever, and I turned it off, and there nobody was down there. And I just remember sitting there, going, I cannot right. believe what I just saw. I literally chased everyone out of my condo. We're living in Midtown. Yeah. I got so angry, everyone just freaked out and split. And they left. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Chris, is that music I hear in the background? Well, let's get out of here so we can hear from Seth Emerson, guys. You want to know the, the, the background story on Bobo and, more importantly, Todd Munkin? Stay right there. It's next.